I've been really interested in kind of what's happening in Noster and generally kind of the opportunities around building things in more decentralized publishing and, and, and media networks. And uh, I, I know you guys have been working on Minds with that same aim for like a decade now or so, right? So um, I just wanted to sort of, you know, get together and hear about sort of what the latest thinking is on kind of what Minds has accomplished so far and what kinds of changes or, or things you might be thinking about as kind of new technologies like Noster uh, show up on the scene and, and how that sort of evolves your thinking on what, how to accomplish the goals. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, it's always been an open sword first kind of mentality. So that's absolutely crucial. So it's always funny to see like, you know, whether it's within the Bitcoin or, you know, crypto or, you know, even Noster, I've seen certain, certain projects. It's like they build these proprietary apps on top of these open source decentralized protocols. And it's, (laughs) it's very silly. Um, And, you know, so, so for us, that that's something we've never done, you know, a hundred percent of what we do is, is built in public and is out there. And we've always just been interested in working on integrating open decentralized protocols as they become available um, and mature enough to play around with. So, you know, we're, we're pretty agnostic. Um, we, we like to see what's works. We, we, we want to see what works and what can potentially scale. And, you know, um, Noster compared to many of the others that we've tried has been, has been pretty solid. Um, you know, not there's certain frustrations we're having, but you know, it's definitely like accessible and the developer community is awesome. Yeah. I mean, we tried in the decentralized space, a few different prototypes and some hackathons as well that we've done with the the ETH community. Mm-hmm. We've we tried going more of the IPFS route. I mean, IPFS has lots of problems. The IPFS website sometimes doesn't even work, so mm-hmm. that we had to rule that one out. Um, right. Even though it looks good on paper and we were kind of excited about it, it just too many issues and there's firewall issues for people and things like that. Um, and then we played around with ceramic as well. And that has similar issues because that relies on IPFS. Um, at least it did when we looked at it. They might have re-architected a little bit since since then. But so we had the same problem with ceramic that we had with our own kind of prototype of IPFS. And then they still kind of need you require like a, a MetaMask wallet to like sign into mm-hmm. these apps, which, you know, it's a, that's kind of where you're supposed to keep your money. You're not supposed to be randomly signing things. I mean, there's all sorts of security issues with that you don't really know what you're authorizing to happen and then people can just you know have access to things that you might not want them to have access so what's important to you when when thinking through like a decentralized network or you're looking at new protocols or technologies how do you go about Mm -hmm. evaluating what you what kind of fits your core beliefs or what you want to what you think is going to help you accomplish what you're trying to do so we've got three main pillars that we're trying to accomplish one is this, the sovereign identity. So users being in charge of the identity and and being able to move that wherever they want and, and not have it being owned by the platform that's that they're using. Okay, so Minds doesn't own your identity, you own your identity. Mm-hmm. You can you can use that anywhere you want. And that's the with the, the mind the identity you created on Minds, you're saying you you should be able to use that anywhere? Yeah, not just on Minds, but just like your whole like web identity. Okay. It, it's something that you own. It's not something that yeah, you know, like your your Twitter handle, for example. Like Twitter owns that, right? right yeah. They're just kind of leasing it to you. Mm-hmm. And they, they can they can access it at any time. We're saying that, you know, you, you should own that and you should be able to sign different types of content and people can verify that it is actually you. So it's like your passport, your driver's license, like a digital version of that. Right. Now, but the I next assume one like when you just, Oh, sorry, go ahead. You you've got three. No, I was kind of moving on yeah. to the pillars there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So the, the next one would be the interoperability so that we can, people on different apps can communicate with users on different apps as well. And just because you're on a different network or you're in a different application, you can still have your social graphs kind of communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is just portability. So if you don't want to use that app anymore, you're not locked in and you can you can move elsewhere if, if you don't want to or you can stop using it. So that's kind of what we're focusing on. And we think that solves most of the problems with people being deplatformed or um, censorship 
and mm-hmm. all, all the all kind of the main reasons that decentralization matters. Yep. So kind of the identity, the um, the portability, and the the data, including graph and posts. Is that right? Yes. The that's the interoperability. Part. The interoperability. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm actually totally on board with all of those and excited about those exact same things. Um, and I, you know, I think like that's I think what turned me on to Nostra was that I see the path for how that works now. Like I've been looking for it for a long time and not able to find it. So I wonder like if you go back to the beginning of Minds, you guys were in like a very, very different environment, which something like Nostra didn't exist. So when I assume you, I assume some of these principles were what you were trying to achieve back then. Is that, is that been kind of consistent since the beginning? Yeah, just, and, and there were other options earlier as well, like Scuttlebutt has been around for a long time. Um, Activity Pub has been around for a long time. But the way that we started building was that I actually met Mark on an ELG forum, ELGG, which is kind of like a very basic social media, open source social media engine, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we took and um, forked. And there's, there's still some important little remnants of it but you know largely we we completely changed it and so that that's what we built on like we ripped out my sql and brought in cassandra and you know built a whole angular web app and built Mm -hmm. you know react native mobile apps and there have actually been multiple iterations of the mobile apps um which you can find in the git history like Mm -hmm. we were we were playing with Ionic and yeah. uh, what else, Mark? Uh, what was the first one in? Um, what was that framework called? Uh, that hybrid thing? Uh, you weren't going way back to AppCelerator, were you? <laughs> Do you remember that one? <laughs> no, there was one before. We had Cordova, which was fun. Oh, yeah. oh, Cordova, right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, That's a good one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, like we built, like, and now what we have is a an extremely robust kind of cloud native, scalable infrastructure, you know, our Kubernetes environments are, are, are really strong. And, and then we kind of are integrating with decentralized protocols. So it's like, we're, we're unique compared to, we're we're approaching decentralization differently than probably others in the Nostr space, for instance, where they're just building pure clients. And I think that's super important. And like, you know, arguably as if not more important than kind of our approach, but our, our, our approach is another approach that is really important because all of web two is built like we're built. And so there needs to be sort of a pathway for web two to, to kind of learn how to participate in, in decentralization. And um, you know, that's where we really want to help. Right. So like the, the architectural things that, I think we're all excited about, you know, that we're seeing in Nostr kind of the identity, interoperability, portability. Uh, I think we're all excited about that. But I think like back when you started building Minds, it was a very different world. So how do you like, do you imagine that that evolves more toward these principles now that we have kind of a mechanism for achieving them? Or do you sort of think there's some parts of it that should remain as they are just because you, I think you'd mentioned sort of you've invested in a lot of infrastructure already. How do you think about sort of yeah, the balance I mean, there? The thing is that the internet's evolved in the way it has because it's the most efficient way of communicating. So having the, the large centralized networks, it's not necessarily a bad thing because things can be so much quicker. There's so much less bandwidth. And I think even though we're at the stage now where everyone's going, oh, we need to be all running our own queries and everything needs to be done on our local machines, that's not necessarily a problem. And I think we're probably going to move into more of a kind of federated system anyway. And that if you don't like one of the kind of larger centralized points that you're using, then you, you can run your own or you can move somewhere else. It's just like, as long as you're not locked in, there's not really too much of a problem because there's tons of benefits that you get from having things in like a co-located place, like right. um, recommendations, search. Yep. I mean, trying to do that like completely without any central points is is just like the internet's going to grind to a halt. Right, yeah. And your, your, your bandwidth costs are going to be absolutely insane. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a similarly a, a kind of a pragmatist or an advocate of pragmatism. I think in the same way that you're describing, um, but I think one of the maybe differences, at least from what I'm seeing or kind of what I'm what I'm seeing in Nostra versus what I'm seeing in Minds, is that uh, the the Nostra approach starts with everything being kind of these atomic units of messages that just can live on any relay. And so they, mm -hmm. those messages are not controlled by anybody. And then the sort of centralizing forces of like a caching service or a people discovery service or a search service um, that improve performance or sort of add additional features. Those are sort of getting built up within this new kind of bundling up those atomic units of the messages on relays into these other somewhat centralizing forces. But I'd say the, the benefit of building up those somewhat centralizing forces within kind of the Noster relay message paradigm means that you don't have to be kind of a control point for the world. And when you sort of root everything through a particular website, then you sort of are a choke point and you can get sort of takedown requests and kind of content moderation and kind of policy compliance stuff you need to do. So, you know, one of the benefits of building Noster native is that you sort of, nobody's really responsible for any of that. Like really can just run whatever they want and people can whack them if they want. But, um, but the centralizing stuff kind of comes up as sort of a composition unit of, you know, composing a bunch of those messages. And so I wonder, like, I, I'd say I'm like similarly a pragmatist about it. Like, I think we do need centralizing points that will help performance improve. But I think somewhat like the idea of adapting the old way to this new way feels like it could be a bit messy. I'm just not even sure how that, how that looks or what you have in mind. So is that, do you sort of take the existing, you know, minds.com website as it is and, and try to adapt the identities to be Nostra compatible identities or how, how does that work? Right. So, so this is something that so we proposed the NIP um, that some people are using and that, that you can use on minds right now. It's the NIP 26 yep. and this is the delegated signing. So, with Minds, every user that's on Minds, we create a, a, a default identity for them that we will sign the post on their behalf. Now, you can come along and you can then bring your own Nostra identity. And because we, we basically make a, a delegated key that, that mm -hmm. goes in between. Um, and then so we can still sign posts on your behalf, um, and you, but you can relinquish that at any point if, if you don't trust us anymore. So that's kind of how we've got got around that. So uh, let me make sure I understand. So, so do I I go to minds.com, I sign up for yep. a new account, maybe using like an email and password or some mm -hmm. kind of traditional web two like uh, mechanisms, and then you create a Noster public private key pair for me? Yeah. So you immediately have a Noster, I guess, identity, but a key pair that you that we sign your post with uh, that that's then available to the Noster world. Yep. And then that's and my then root root key is managed through minds, right? Initially, yeah. But yep. if you want to be in control of that and you want it to actually be your identity that, that we're signing the post on behalf of, then we you create a new key pair based on the, the delegate to signing. Okay, I think I, I think I missed a step here. So I, I get kind of the web two login creation identity thing. Mm -hmm. And then what gets created after that? You can do either. You can either generate it, a pair. You, you, you can generate a, your own route, which we don't have access to, or you can use your existing. And, and, and But there will be that'll be correlated to a delegated pair. And when you say a delegated, are you the delegator? And then the delegatees can be moved outside? Or can I actually move the, the root key? So it is your root key. And okay. um, in... The, the way that the Nostra relays reply is that they can verify that the because de everything's then has a delegation token. All the events we send has has this kind of signed key, and then that relates back to do they actually have the permission to sign this on my behalf? Okay, so we so still sign with our own keys, but we can verify that they are actually from from you. This is the query that the the relays then do. Right. So is is this doing like I can use that that root key? that gets created with minds for mm. signing messages. Yeah. So think about it this way. You can basically have a cold, your, your main Nostra identity can now go into cold storage. You don't even need to run this on minds. You can yep. put it into cold storage and you can sign, um, this delegation token yep. to a new, like temporary wallet that you have. And then you can like, if that gets exposed or compromised, you can yep. then cut that off. 
Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So it, yeah, I, I get the concept of delegated keys. I think I'm just trying to understand more about how that how you sort of envision that fitting into the minds world. So mm-hmm. do I use minds to create a root key in some cases, or I can import a root key and I can create delegated keys from within minds? So we can create the root key if you want. That's like an option that the user has. Because okay. I mean, the, the UX is, I mean, we're still working on it because sure. it's it's difficult. Because um, most yeah, like users when, so, really so just... just- I would say like most users just want to come to the site and just like use yep. the social network. Yep, they don't really sense. care about any of that stuff. So we're just trying to make it easy for them to get their foot into the door and probably not even know about it. Yep. Like, that seems like a we great want, first step. Yeah. And we, we want to, you know, help make it easy for our existing users to, you know, generate their own root key, which, you know, we don't have the private key. So that's an option for, so that we can bring people into the Noster ecosystem, but also for people who are coming in, who are already part of Noster, but sign up for minds like you, for instance, you could, um, you could use the key that you already have. Yep. And can I, I, I haven't, I've read the NIP 26, uh, delegated keys, uh, on GitHub, but I, I don't know like how pervasive it is. Like, is, is it, does it need support from various clients and various relays or what sort of the state of the NIP? Um, the relays don't need to do anything. So that kind of like in quotes, because there's probably some indexing that would need to be done to make it efficient, but the, the clients would just need to check the, the delegation token that, that it actually does exist. And that mm-hmm. is bad, but it's been a while. It's been like six months or whatever since we made it. So I've forgotten the, yeah. the full spec of it, but I think inside the event that, that actually has all the information that you need just to check the signature. So you can, you don't even need to do any additional requests. It's all kind of in the event. So are there places I could go to create a delegated key? Like, is there some other third-party client I could go to create a delegated key, take that delegated key and use it to log into mines today? Bill, do you know if anyone else is... The Fiat Jeff sent me a couple of other, uh, a cu- couple of other groups that have built on NIP 26. I can set, I can follow up with, with you, uh, with them. I, I, I don't know the answer off the top of my head, but there, oh, there cool, are, yeah. I, there are a few different apps that are using NIP 26. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm just curious to kind of play uh, to understand sort of the ways I could take, cause I, I, I like the idea of NIP 26, but I don't know how common it is yet. Uh, and, uh, I'd like to try to take my existing private key create a delegated key and use it to log into mines. I think that'd be like a cool demo experience that shows. Yeah, we, sorry. Yeah. Just, just that shows kind of how, how the identity portability works. Yeah. And we would like to make it so that you could log in or sign up with just a key as opposed to the whole email thing. But you know, and it would probably be good to talk about spam for a sure. little bit. Um, yeah. Mark, can you kind of explain your thoughts? I mean, spam is one of our biggest issues. We have we have multiple types of spam on minds. We have sure, the, yeah. the the typical SEO spam, people trying to just put links in so that it shows up on other Google search results. Even though we've got all the no followers in, I, I, they still think they're getting something out of it. Mm. So you'll get all the get rich quick things. Right. And then we also have token spam as well. We have our token people create these token rings and then just mm-hmm. inauthentic engagement so we spend a lot of time trying to minimize spam right and one of the best defenses we have that slows them down is actually just making them verify their email address and Mm -hmm. complete captures so that's kind of we can't really get around not having emails for people yet and so we're trying to figure out the best way that we can let not not users in without necessarily having to have a minds account how the posts can get in but we're just kind of trying to figure out the best way that we can verify that this is actually a real human that's going through all our other security checks and, and validation processes that and even if they are a real human i mean mark can you describe what happened when we got our back end got taken out so <laughs> there, there was an event yeah, with i mean what, this, it had, this is it, kind it, of it, a it, this is what i was talking about with why centralized points are sometimes efficient because there's a certain or there were certain Noster clients or crawlers that were just kind of like hammering our mm. socket server yeah. and then we're doing all these requests and, and like absolutely enormous payloads of just trying to like crawl all our content right and you know that's that's kind of another issue we, we're trying to figure out because also we we had subscriptions open for each of these these requests so mm-hmm. then they would 
continuously getting polled as well, even though they were making making so many. So there was like tens of thousands of um of requests but right now you're mostly concerned about just like the performance and kind of hits your infrastructure or do you think the sort of the way they're using the data is kind of improper somehow no it's more just the the hammering of it you know just the fact that they can do that um so we've, we've had to put in some more kind of aggressive rate limits mm-hmm. on that so so they can't can't do that um, i mean i'm sure they had good intentions they're just trying to make some kind of indexer but right we but you're you're running a lot of content. Your backend is so. kind of a fully centralized service right now, right? Like that's yeah. what's that's where this problem comes from. So, do you think that like would you ever consider using kind of the relay idea and sort of separating out where the messages live versus you know maybe you just don't even have to deal with that problem if you if you could run what's effectively your backend as a relay service. So we still need to be able to proxy all the the events because users are just like creating posts and the, the, so we're signing those on the behalf but they they could also change the key pair and rekey at any time so mm-hmm. we would have to basically re-sign the events and we're talking about we have hundreds of thousands of new posts every day mm-hmm. so trying to keep two repositories in sync is it's quite difficult um, right but I mean, it sounds like some of the problems are coming because you have a lot of structural baggage from a different architecture and you're somewhat... No, really, most of the problems are coming because it's trying. To, we're trying to retrofit WebSockets into a traditional yeah. kind of REST API. And yeah. that's, I think that's... I'm not particularly a big fan of the WebSocket approach. Mm-hmm. One, because, I mean, you, you're limited to... I mean, most browsers have about 10 maximum WebSockets that you can actually have. Um, and they kind of long, more long lived than potentially they need to be. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's harder to do the traditional kind of rate limiting. It's possible to do it, but there's a lot more overhead. Right. That but being then, said, I think we, we, we understand why Noster has gone with the WebSockets approach mm-hmm. to be able to achieve, you know, some of the applications that it has. And I think that that's part of the reason it may that may even be part of the reason it's it's achieving some of the network effects that it is so you can do things like chat and whatnot um but yeah so i mean we're 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 staying agnostic and it like i I really liked your interview with rabble um on kind of blue sky versus noster i Mm -hmm. thought that was super informative and balanced and and well thought out and you know, we're, we're looking at them as well. Um, they're not decentralized yet, so it's, mm-hmm. they, they haven't, they haven't released the Federation stuff, but I, I think that they, there's definitely good ideas there. And like, we like the fact that, you know, the, the cathedral versus bizarre model, both are super valid and important. And like, you know, Noster is much more like truly decentralized, rugged, you know, completely open and then blue sky is is yeah it's 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 coming from more of a centralized point but like a lot of the decisions they made seem to be pretty coherent um Mm -hmm. so you know we'll see and it's not it's not one ring to rule them all that that's the thing it's like it's easy to get pulled in that direction where it's like these like warring factions Mm -hmm. and like one one has to win but that's really not what it's going to be like oh tell, tell me more about that how how do you think sort of that future plays out I don't I mean, know if I agree with Bill on this one. I think that one will win and um, we'll, we'll kill off whichever one is not winning. Um, I, well, I mean, one may become bigger than the other, but I don't think that that means that one um, necessarily, like the other goes away, you know, because it's, ev- it's, eventually, eventually we hopefully get to the point where there's one protocol and that's how we communicate in the decentralized social world. But I think right now it's still very much early stages, very grassroots. So at that point, it doesn't make sense to like back one horse. So, you know, there's lots we can learn from the way Nostra's doing it, lots we can learn from the way Blue Sky's doing it, even like what um, ActivityPub did. I mean, mm-hmm. Blue Sky's taken a lot of inspiration from that. So... I think there will become a point, though, kind of like email, where we these are the protocols that we're using, and this is how you do it, and everything else just kind of morphs into into kind of the way. 
how do you, how do you think about the time frames that that's likely to happen over like it's probably, probably you know much probably longer five, than 10 years yeah you, i think you a significant amount of time 10 years yeah. yeah yeah it does seem like um some of the features of a more universal protocol would be that there's like a person has a a first kind of a tier 1 identity type system that's mm -hmm. at the protocol level and not somewhere else on the internet we don't we don't have that really like an email or or kind of web protocols yeah. Are there other pieces that you think are like really foundational besides that identity thing that that would be part of this sort of universal one that you have in mind, Mark? I think it's just like time is going to tell how it's how they're going to. I I just I see them more morphing in into each other. Um, right. Really, I mean, Blue Sky's gone a little bit more of the federated route um, with more just emphasis on the identity that you're you're in control of and the, these kind of pds servers you kind of move around um, mm -hmm. you don't like it um which again back to my point about centralized services have their benefits so that, yeah. that's kind of where where that comes in um but nostas doing a great job with just like ease of getting in there and you don't even need anyone's permission to start using it i mean the only way i could get into into blue sky was by kind of launching the atp server myself and right. going into the like doc files which has terrible documentation because obviously don't want you to be doing that um, so, so, you, so then you, I, you got into blue sky without using the waitlist mechanism yeah i got it i got it running um but it, there's no federation there you can't like communicate with another site because they're, they're still working on that oh i see um so you just have like the, I, the server i didn't get an invite code I, and then as soon as i got set up bill sent me an invite code but i think <laughs> that's um you know that's one of that that's one of the issues with blue sky but one of the benefits with with nostr is that you can just kind of get get kicked off right the Are other there... thing that that nostr really has to figure out is media mm -hmm. um and i know um i, for, I think his name is Stuart. i forget uh, he's working on the kind of like a nostr torrent system um but i think blue sky is handling images is that correct mark have you checked yeah. that out yeah they have, they have images i'm not sure yeah. how it's going to work at the federation level um because there's 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 nothing really there's, there's no decentralized part to, to the app protocol at the moment or, or blue sky at the moment it, it's all just pretty much a box standard centralized service so I need to watch the space and see how, how they're going to be getting around to those issues. They're, they're probably and then the, going to be following more of how the activity book was, was doing it. I'm guessing. I, I'm not really. But then we also have do, the whole Web5 thing. Are you guys and following like, that closely? Well, a little bit. And like, uh, Dorsey is just very, he's a very funny guy, man. I mean, he, he like, <laughs> <laughs> he, do you see his post yesterday about the FBI and CIA and everything? No. What did it say? He posts on Twitter, like, shatter the CIA, FBI. It's like, mm. you kind of let them into Twitter. <laughs> but then but then he's also like, he has he has a bet on every horse. He's like, it's like first he's Twitter, and then he, like, backed Blue Sky, and then Noster. And so he's kind of, like, in all of them, which actually I, I appreciate. And, you know, he, he recognizes that there's not a single horse right now. And that, mm -hmm. like, it's a, it's a, it's a whole kind of spatial push. Yep. And, um, but, but the web five stuff is, is looking at more web standards and using DID and verifiable credentials and these decentralized web nodes. Right. And then blue sky is also using dids and we support dids, um, the web spec. Um, and I think that like the TBD organization that is building web five, actually started building a Noster did integration. But anyway, it's like you kind of have this this tension of people who like web standards versus people who hate web standards. <laughs> and the Noster is, is Noster community is more so like anti kind of the bureaucracy of, of web standards. And that's why it works because it's like it's it just it you know it got launched, it's built. You don't need to go through this whole process. Um but at the same time, standards do kind of help with interoperability. And, um, you know, Blue Sky has taken more of like a schema first approach. Mark, can you kind of talk about what, why that is appealing in certain ways? It's appealing because there's not things changing constantly. And it's easy to just know what it's supposed to do, which is 
one of the main things you really want from a protocol is how things are supposed to talk to each yep. other. Um, and, you know, it's, it's great that there's been so much development interest in NOSTA, but I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a slight issue that I think there's, there's over like 40 NIPs right now. It's like, which one am I supposed to use? And then how do I know that someone else who's using NOSTA as a client or a relay is actually going to work with, with, I, with I, what I've got? And I think that Blue Sky's approach to clearly saying that, you know, you should have these fields and it should talk to this and when something's here, it should do that, like from the get-go, just just makes it easier to develop within the long term, right? It's, it's kind of more, more future-proof. But there are going to be downsides to that, which means it's going to be very hard to change things going forwards because people are going to be more reluctant because right. they put all the effort into making it work with the protocol at the initial phase. I think it's also well, harder to get buy-in from developers into a system that they can't play with. So like one of the easiest mm -hmm. ways to get buy-in is just to be able to like show up and do stuff. And I think that's what we're seeing on Noster. So I wonder like, are you guys, you guys are obviously like aware of and, and looking at Blue Sky, but do you sort of consider, you know, building any of the, I don't know, maybe like PDSs or AT protocol stuff into mines or how do you think about that? We, yeah, we, we will be. But until the federation part comes, I mean, it's, it's hard to say whether the the schemas and the specs that they've got now are actually going to still remain when the federation component actually comes into play. So mm -hmm. There's not much point. It's, it's debatable, really. But we could spend a lot of effort getting it working with like the PDS API, and then it completely change. Yeah. So we're kind of seeing what happens. The other thing, I mean, you're right to call it the AT protocol not blue sky i want to stop calling it blue sky because i think what's going to happen assuming that the federation stuff does come out and rabble kind of mentioned this that there's going to be a split in that community where there's probably going to be like some more rugged um decentralization people who kind of start managing like more of a community centric um version or i mean but by community centric, yeah. is that kind of like a kind of a grassroots, just like a protocol that anybody can use without really seeking permission from the developers of the protocol? Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that there'll be kind of a, a different repo that is more like community managed rather than just by the blue sky people. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see what happens actually is just, um, but then, you know, I also totally understand why, you know, Fiat Jeff chose to just have like this, the, the simplest, um, you know, only one required NIP. I think actually there were conversations to potentially include NIP 26 as a requirement when we were building it. I think it's one of the few NIPs which has even been, you know, kind of given, you know, the chance of being included just because, you know, the idea that you have to, just have this one key that if you lose, you're done is kind of a, a scary thought right. for people. Right. Um, but you know, a hundred, like th there's no comparison right now between, you know, developer community. And there's probably not going to be a comparison for, for a really long time. Noster is just, I mean, from my experience, Noster is the healthiest developer community I've almost ever seen. Um, it's just so much fun seeing all the experimentation people are doing, but, and it's also funny, like how opinionated Fiat Joff is about certain things. Like, you know, he, and, and I, I really like how kind of no BS he is like, right. he, he he'll totally call out like, this is completely stupid. This is not why Noster <laughs> was built. This is not what it's for. You know, this is a stupid use case, but like, it doesn't matter what he thinks and people yeah. are going to do it either way. You know, they're going to build, chess or they're gonna you know build encrypted chat and some people are gonna go on encrypted chat but it's not you know the metadata is exposed so like he doesn't even like people doing that but you know they do it anyway well that's, that's the, okay. the good news is that he you know i think he pulled off a little bit of a, a feat of magic by kind of creating the protocol without being the biggest relay or being the biggest client he sort of got the ecosystem kick-started and kind of both of those sides while not not having too heavy a hand in either of them really oh yeah um, i mean that that's actually one of the the best arguments for why noster is gonna is gonna succeed because there's no company um there's no one to go after um that's a big deal 
Yeah. And well, he's, and more, he's, he's basically anonymous. Say, say more about that. Like, is that, is that as a company, you've sort of been in as a company and you've sort of seen other companies that have emerged. Have you sort of felt some of that pain from, I don't know, maybe there's like government agencies inquiring on what you're doing or asking you to do things that you maybe. Sure. Don't I mean, any, any, you know, corporation is going to be subject to the laws of that country. Yeah. You know, we've taken the stance that we're going to be as principled on the first amendment as possible. Um, but we're still a company. And so that's why, you know, for us to achieve any semblance of, you know, true censorship resistance, we, we have to kind of rely on something like Noster to achieve that. That's a protocol that doesn't, you know, care either way. Yeah. I mean, to me, to me, that almost seems like the main reason that minds would have a good fit in this world is that as a, I assume you're U.S., Delaware, domicile, something kind of traditional. And so um, in a world where Noster enables any relay to run and carry any message there and, you know, clients can read any message. It would not surprise me if there's some sort of regulatory body that steps in and says, you're not supposed to read from these, you're not supposed to write from those or kind of kind of a compliance layer. Right. And, uh, you know, maybe it's for CSAM stuff or other other reasons uh, that I think most people would say like, okay, that's, you know, reasonable to, but, but, but like in the Nostra as a genuine protocol that nobody owns, there's no corporation, like nobody really can be responsible for that. So I wonder if part of the opportunity in this world for minds is to be like a kind of a compliant, compliant layer around, like you can run your own, you know, Nostra relays, but if you use the minds experience or the minds compliance layer, you can operate within certain jurisdictions and you can be certain that you don't have to take on burden of managing, you know, I don't know, like various kind of government policies because mine's kind of handles that for you. Like, does, is that mm-hmm. like an appealing future or do you sort of. Yeah. But I think that we're probably going to see something similar to, you know, what's happening with Ethereum and Bitcoin where you kind of get these um, OFAC blacklists where, you know, U.S. companies have to kind of abide by these, you know, certain keys have to get blacklisted, mm-hmm. um, which is just and and you know I, I hope to see more work go into a reputation graph on Noster. Um, that's really essential for both the spam stuff and also the the compliance stuff. So like, and there'll be many different graphs, not like a single reputation graph, but I, I, I think that's a really important problem that, you know, and not even just for Noster, but for, I mean, you know, at protocol is going to have to deal with it as well. So I don't know. We've, we, we've put a lot of thought into decentralized reputation on, on our end. And you kind of like that, that's where some of the verifiable credential stuff comes in. Um, but Mark, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's just a there's a there's a tension between having you know the verified verified and uniqueness with privacy, and we're very privacy conscious, so we don't want to do things that are just completely like invasive or against that principle. But verified credentials work with DIDs, and that's something that we're we're looking at, but verified credentials have this kind of same same problem of lots of talk, but you know, let's actually get down to having something that that works. So, what? Do you, why is it that you think we don't like the verified credential idea has been talked about a lot? But why do you think mm. we don't have? I don't. At least I don't know of any functioning systems where we can play with it. Or I'm not sure it's actually finished yet. It's still like in draft spec. Um, I think that maybe it's progressed a little bit further, but it's also DIDs haven't really taken off either. And to have you verified credential, you need a DID. Um, so uh, I think we're just, I think we will get there, but it's just, it's a slow, a slow process. And yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the, 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 it's almost like the verified credentials. Like, what are you? What are you verifying? Like, we, we can verify. Have a verified credential that you have a Minds account, and that you know you confirmed your email with Minds, and you did other kind of checks in Minds. And we we can like publish those right. that, that other people might might find useful. But from our side, from Minds, we want a verified credential that you exist in 
to, in, in the US to be able to do certain kind of things. And like, you are a US taxpayer for certain financial products that we have and things like that. But we don't want every single user to have to do that just to use the site. It should just be for like certain gates that, that need to be open. So right. If you want to make like, if you want to make US dollars on mines, then there's certain regulatory things that are required to do that. And, you know, we use Stripe right now, but there's potentially other tools that, that we could use, but Stripe's not issuing verified credentials. So it's not, right. not too, too useful to yeah, yeah, like go ahead. No, saying Stripe is approaching, they have a whole identity product, but it's very much so not like thinking in the decentralized realm. Right. Yeah, it seems like if you wanted, you know, DIDs or, or VCs to take off, you'd need a great use case that a lot of people care about and are using. And any any use case outside of communication feels to me like it's low enough kind of, you know, regular, you know, low enough uh, frequency to create really good habits, whereas communication is every day, you know, all day. So it seems like a communication use case that's working would be the first place we'd have the chance to build anything like this and really have it take off. But, uh, but I guess there's like, mm. you know, questions, does it happen in blue sky? Does it happen in the Nostra ecosystem? Is there another ecosystem? You know, I mean, that verified credentials aren't even too dissimilar to basically what an NFT is. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe if they branded, uh, verified credentials <laughs> that NFT, well, I think they need more, a, more uh, I think they need a casino to run them. Like people need to be able to get mm -hmm. rich, to be excited about NFTs. Right. Well, well there are, I mean, you know, people in the Ethereum space do use, like there's a whole kind of token gated community use case for NFT. It's probably one of the primary utilities that people talk about for NFTs, which I think is, you know, reasonably valid. What are the um, kinds of things that people want to talk about with other people who own the same NFT? Um, you know, look at like uh, a page, like sort of like a decentralized Patreon kind of model. It's like, I like a specific creator. If I, you know, want to get access to the exclusive stuff that that creator is talking about, and I have one of their NFTs, then I can kind of get into that community. Um, or if the Boston Red Sox, you know, create a NFT of some baseball card and then, you know, I can get into a game or like, you know, it, it, it could be anything like that. I think there's a whole ticketing use case. There's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of different stuff. Yeah. And I was just wondering on the, the community, like who on a token gated community or kind of an NFT gated community, you'd presumably want to have some shared context that you want to talk about. Uh, you know, I think there's been a lot of, you know, utilities proposed for, you know, ticketing, but I don't know if like I go to a concert, I don't know if I want to talk to everybody else in the stadium with me. I just, I'm trying to get a better handle on what the use cases are that where these things are kind of most compelling. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it means that you necessarily want to like talk to people. It's just that you want access. Mm -hmm. It's like access to content. Is that mm -hmm. kind of in your mind where this lives? Yeah. yeah, or access to like a space, whether mm -hmm. it's a digital digital space or a physical space. Cool. Um, I wanted to uh, circle back on a comment you made around kind of making money in dollars in Stripe. Uh, I wasn't mm -hmm. familiar with those features of Mines. Is that something that's currently part of how Mines works? Yeah, I'll let Bill talk a bit, a bit more about that. Yeah, we have a very robust fiat infrastructure as well. So you know, we, we support Bitcoin tipping, Ethereum tokens, um, but also cash just because that's people like cash, cash works, cash mm -hmm. pays the bills. Um, and so we do aggressive rev shares. Um, so if people serve ads on their page, we split the ad revenue that we make with them, similar to kind of the YouTube model. Mm -hmm. Um, and that just gets paid out to you. We have a, we have a tool called Supermind where I could send you an offer of like, however much to reply to me. And then there's a, a period of seven days where you can kind of decide if you want to respond to me and you only get the money when you respond. And if you don't respond, then I get the money back. So it's kind of this like bounty for a reply which actually I was talking with Fiat Joff and I think that there's probably, it would be really cool to figure out a way to do with the lightning mm -hmm. um, in Noster. I think that the, j just like that kind of offer concept for engagement is, is pretty cool. 
And do you think, um, is that so, kind of like a fan page influencer use case, or is that more person to person among networks? It's both. I mean, we've other? seen, we've seen people using it like as a commission tool. So like someone will go to an artist on minds and say, Hey, you know, here's uh 20 bucks. Can you draw me a picture of, you know, a dog or whatever? And mm. people will then reply with the photo of the dog. So, so it's, it's like, like a, a talent marketplace or something. Yeah. It's kind of like a talent content marketplace. So, so do you so have like pretty... marketplace specific features to help people like get discovered around those? Or is it, it's more kind of the social networking kind of structure, but people just organically figure out. Yeah. We need know, to do better at the, like uh, at, at listing kind of people's um, products and whatnot. And the people who are kind of offering services through it, we, we we're doing it in a primitive way, but I think we can do a lot better. We also do memberships behind a paywall if you want to. And then we have like an affiliate program where if you refer people to minds who buy things, you get essentially half of the mm -hmm. money. So like mm -hmm. if you, if you bring someone to minds and they spend 50 bucks on a boost, you, you get 45%. Um, Is that for the lifetime of that user? That's, the first month, uh, it's for a year right now. A year. I've, okay. I, I, I for longer. <laughs> Others on the team push for, you know, they wanted a threshold. So, right. um, and then like you get 5%, if you bring on a big creator, you get 5% that, that is recurring. Um, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, like we're trying to get, yeah. And, and the thing that enables this is like, you know, the Stripe API is like serious. Like yeah. it, it really, it works. Um, and it, it, it makes it possible to do these kind of programs. It's a lot harder to do with, you know, we would love to do it with, with Bitcoin and we need to, we need to up our game on, on Bitcoin. And I, I think the zap stuff happening in Nostra is awesome. And, um, hopefully we can be working on that in the, yeah, I'm curious how in the future you guys are like maybe the community at large on minds. How do you think about things like, you know, fiat versus you mentioned Bitcoin, you mentioned, um, Ethereum sort of, is there a perspective or sort of agnostic from a platform level or community level there? Yeah, it's pretty agnostic. I mean, we, we love all of the above. Um, you know, Ethereum has like just like slightly better developer tools for that kind of, you know, kind of creator stuff. But mm -hmm. to be honest, the, the lightning things, we, we're just not, we, we haven't had enough time to kind of dig into lightning, but I'm definitely super interested in it. And I think that the way that the zaps have emerged on Noster is awesome. And I think that we'll, we'll look at it when we can. Have you seen the the way um, Damas has like Zap sharing? Well, it's not quite a share, but it's like a, a payment. Whenever you pay a creator, you can also contribute a certain percentage to the platform. Oh, no. How does that work? So there's a, a feature uh, that I think it just rolled out maybe a week or two ago, but you can go to your wallet and you can just dial it from like 0% to 100%. And then that means that's the percent of the Zap you're making that will also go to the platform. So I can say, I'm going to send you, you know, a thousand, uh, a thousand sets as a creator. And then the platform also gets a thousand sets from me. So I end up paying. Oh, so it's like, it, like the user chooses the fee that the platform gets. Exactly. Yeah. That's I like that. Yeah. Nice. So it's, it puts the control in the user's hands, but it, it touches on this idea. There's this idea called lightning prisms, which this is, I think not that this is like a simplified, more kind of proprietary version, but this idea that you could send value to some endpoint, some creator, and then there could be like shares that that creator sends part of that out to maybe, maybe it's a musician. They send part of it to a producer and part of it to a promoter, part of it to like some studio musicians who mm -hmm. are on the tracks with them or something. So it's really interesting, um, kind of new technological foundation but of course like we need the use cases we need the creators we need like there's a lot that needs to happen besides just the core idea but it, it can be done at least now which is exciting mm -hmm. so how does the overall um business for for minds work today is it pretty focused on one of the kind of areas like is the subscriptions the big stuff and then these other things are experimental or sort of you have a bunch of pillars that all kind of support in different it's ways pretty much premium membership minds plus and minds pro you know, is about half of our revenue. And then, um, the boost advertising, which we don't spy on people. Um, but it is like an open market bidding system mm -hmm. ad network. Um, and then, yeah, we take like normal fees on the peer to peer stuff, not, not on the crypto peer to peer, but on the fiat peer to peer, we take fees. Mm -hmm. 
And how, how do you think about sort of the ad component of what you're doing uh, for the future? Because I think there's there's a lot of, I don't know if you've seen any of the stuff around like Zapvertising or different ideas within the Nostra community about how ads would work. Is that something you guys have I would love to or? figure out, like, honestly, the second that we have a minute to, um, well, we are, we are raising a community round right now. If anyone's interested at wefunder.com slash minds. So we, we did an equity crowdfunding round was like one of our first rounds. We want our users to own us. Mm -hmm. okay. yeah. That's the goal. So, um, that's going on and you know, yeah, one, once we can kind of breathe a little bit, I, I would love to figure out a way to help build sort of like a promotion ad network into Noster. I think that, you know, as a way for clients to monetize better, I think that it's, it's, it's something that is going to, it's, it's a very natural fit. I mean, I know people like there's, there's sort of this, uh, um, stigma around advertising because of the surveillance economy and like the way that big tech has treated it. But advertising in itself is like totally neutral. It's, it's, it's a, it's an ancient thing actually. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, to do it in, in a, in a privacy centric way is possible and to help creators promote it, but it's not easy to yeah, achieve. It, <laughs> it, it's not one of the biggest issues is how do you verify that an ad view did actually happen? And it wasn't just a, uh, some kind of fraudulent client who's just like yep. saying, like impressions delivered, you know, some, some, someone comes along and delivered a billion views today. I <laughs> like, yep. okay, right. Did you, like, you, right. you, you can't prove it. Um, so that's, Interested to see how they get around it. It might not be like maybe a view model. Maybe it could be maybe some of the kind of sponsorship um, thing. I yeah, well, I I would guess that there's a lot of innovation to be done in this area. And if you guys yeah. already have a functioning ad network, it seems like another area that Minds might be able to uniquely contribute to Noster because um, mm -hmm. I think most of most of the Noster ecosystem is open source clients. And, and if you have an open source client that tries to insert an ad directly into a feed, my guess is that'll get forked and have the, you know, the open source version that doesn't have the ad in the feed. And so <laughs> yeah. everybody will just use <laughs> whichever works. clients don't have the ads in the feed, right? So I think that's kind yeah, of like... He's, he's going to develop their own client and put... Unless they're getting paid for it, you, you're definitely going to be coming to that ad line out. All right. Right. So. Yeah, but the thing is, like, the way that... Well, they're called boosts on mines, but, like, it, it's actually most of the people boosting are like creators trying to get their stuff seen. So it's, mm -hmm. it, it, it's, you know, yeah, sometimes some annoying advertisers get in there, but like, it's also a discovery mechanism. Um, I find it useful to kind of see who's boosting. And sometimes I've found some cool people that way, but mm -hmm. you know, in, in the context of like getting around the impression, uh, fraud and whatnot. I do think that like kind of what Mark's saying, like maybe some sort of like sponsor, like bidding system where like, if I want my ad to go to Domus uh, or mm -hmm. Coracle or whichever client, um, then I can kind of bid for a share of the rotation. So it's not, it's not, it's not like an impression thing. It's kind of like who it's just like a ranking system for who's kind of in circulation in the, mm -hmm in the ad flow on that client. So it's kind of like, if you're bidding, you're kind of like in, but like you just, depending on who has the, the bid, it's just like you have a, a bigger share of the rotation. And, you know, so if you bid, maybe you're just like always in the rotation, but then you can get pushed out. Ad auction model. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but maybe it's just like a perpetual thing. Um, I don't know. We, we, I, see, we would I, have. I think one of the things, though, with these open source clients is that it's you're going to have everybody comment out a ad impression line from anything. So I think if you want to do ads, I think ads are a natural part of how some people will want to use this ecosystem. But I think mm -hmm. it's probably going to have to take a very different model. So instead of having interruptive ads in a, in a consumption surface, I think there will be you know, I, I call ads like a side quest. Like you're like, you're using whatever client you want, you're doing whatever you want. And then you're like, actually, I want to have some value to boost up some, you know, to, I don't know, to pay for a paid relay or to pay for like some content I want to unlock. And then I go do a side quest. I go visit some sort of ad server that has, maybe it's an innovative format. Maybe it's a unique, you know, like a survey where you're sort of more engaged and you, un and the advertiser knows what the user 
you know, you know what the user's preferences are around that specific set of survey questions. But then you can sort of earn whatever you want to then go spend within the ecosystem. So I think there's like a lot of innovative models to consider here, but I think ads, ads will be part of the future, but I think they're going to end up just looking a lot different. So I wonder if that's, if that's like compelling from the way you guys think about ads, or is that, is that kind of not a good fit for where you guys are? I think that people want to promote and support companies that align with their philosophy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people are only pissed at ads that are completely irrelevant and annoying to them and like against their philosophy. But like, you know, when you're, what is a social media post, but an ad? I mean, you're just, it's, it's an ad for an idea, even if it's Mm -hmm. not like actually promoted in like paid for, like every time we all post on social media, it's an ad. Um, so that's the main thing. It's like, are we, am, am I, if you're on Dama, it's like, yeah, you want to see Bitcoin. You want to see open source stuff. You want to see encryption. You want to see technology. Like that's the type of ads that are, are relevant to those people. And like what we're seeing with, and I think that people in, in the Bitcoin community understand this. It's like, you have to vote with your energy, your time, your, your money. Like that is how we create the world that we want to create. Like you can't, if, if, if you don't, if, if you're kind of like anti um, supporting businesses that align with your philosophy, then you're sort of like opting out of helping, helping change the world in a mm-hmm. sense. Now I'm, I'm not saying that like you need to view ads to like help change the world, but like, <laughs> you know, you, 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 uh, because certain ads are totally malicious and you know, you should comment them out. So it, it, it's, it's kind of nuanced. Right. Well, I, I know we're kind of running towards the end of what we have booked, or maybe we're already past that end, uh, but I wanted to just get a couple final thoughts on the, um, the, we talked about sort of the identity and portability and you mentioned interoperability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just wanted to understand is the, the idea, I don't know if it's the current state of mind today or where where you intended to go, but is the idea that the graph of mine, so any following graph that exists would have a, a copy of that relationship or sort of, you know, uh, within the Nostra ecosystem, is that kind of like the relationships you intend to be exportable both for like read and write? Yeah. The, the write is more, more difficult because of the, the spam problem, but we're trying to find ways to get. Yeah. That. Anyone who's listening, please, um, reach out at, like with any progress that's been happening in Noster on spam. I know that uh, Alex Gleason, who created the Noster Ac- activity pub bridge, he, mm-hmm. he opened a merge request with us on, on a, what he considered a potential solution, which we're looking at, but anyone who's doing any kind of work in this realm, we would love to, to hear from you. So, you know, please, please hit me up. And is that you're looking for people who, who are, doing those kinds of bridges or thinking about sort of no like specifically on like how to handle spam um and any like reputation graph work or like because like right now we are not um you know we're we're pushing to Noster, but we're not like pulling in because mm-hmm. of the spam issue we can like implement some kind of like a whitelist um but we just don't really have a graph to like any anything to start from which anyone else is doing with some sort of like a trust graph so that we can just you know not that we would want to stick with that necessarily we want want to grow it as much as possible mm-hmm. but yeah one, one option we've been exploring is is people potentially sponsoring a nosta address um mm-hmm. to to allow like to get in so there's some kind of like incentive not to spam um and something like just needs to be more difficult for like a spammer to be able to do something. So it's not worth the time. Is the so, spam problem that you're talking about? Is it mostly from reading from relays and kind of reading a global feed from a relay and getting kind of just too many low quality posts? Or is, is there a different spam problem that you're talking about? Yeah, it's that. But also, I mean, it, we want not to be able to interact with our posts as well. We don't want a load of like you know, spam comments that are just circumventing our existing um, protections that we have because they don't, you know, it would be so easy to just, if we have no like whitelisting process or anything like that, it'd be so easy to wreak havoc. Well, because what happens is that, and even with the protections that we have, like our discovery feeds and our training hashtags and everything will get 
you know, occasionally we'll get swamped with spam, even with our current protective measures. So if we decided to ingest like all of Noster, like our discovery feeds could potentially get completely destroyed. Um, and it would be a nightmare to clean up. So right. that's why we're kind of being patient with it, but we, we want to, we want to start ingesting as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's yeah, both if the it, relationships as well as post, is that? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So yeah, if, yeah. um, for just for anyone, any developers interested in helping just we're at gitlab.com slash minds and we have a, a, a number of open Noster issues on this. If you want to join the party. Great. All right. Well, we'll take that, uh, solicitation for, uh, for more energy and input to, to figure out how to, how to get, uh, Noster and minds more kind of collaborating together. So I'm excited. I think we're all excited for the same mission of opening these identities being, being portable, being interoperable. So, uh, I, uh, I hope that this insight in instigates some interest in collaboration further. Thanks for having us, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming by. All right.